Well, look out. Uh, Troy's on the board today. Oh, boy. So we're going to keep tallies, Troy. Every time you screw up, we're going to set the over-under at three and a half. Um, screw up? No, you, I'm, he wasn't I'm, ready? That's a screw no, up? No, no. I'm, I'm looking for the sensor uh, beep here just for my own purposes. <laughs> oh, God. I love these... Um, Phil Byer, I believe that's his last name. I'm sorry, Phil, if I'm, I'm butchering that. Just haven't heard it enough to to know for sure. Uh, but he's a strength and conditioning coach for the men's basketball team. He's been tweeting out like these uh, these measurements. It's like combine type of things, and been tweeting out the top three performers. For instance, uh, top speed. I think and this is actually kind of like a practice thing. I guess maybe it's just like a practice by, by practice thing, like today tweeted out actually just moments ago Willie Fast top speed from practice and said Ishmael Masood was the fastest player at practice today at 18.2 miles per hour Ned Aubrey who's a walk on for this year uh, who played basketball Manhattan High 18.06 miles per hour then Tyke Green comes in at 17.9 miles per hour but there was also practice yesterday and Tyke Green was the fastest player. Second was Naquan Tomlin, and then Jarrell Colbert at number three. Really? And then they ha- and then he's been also tweeting out Mr. Elevate, highest jumper on the team yesterday at practice was Cam Carter at thirty nine inches, Damn. which is really good because that's five inches higher than the next player. That's at number two, Anthony Thomas. Wow. And then Keontae Johnson at number three, thirty two point eight inches. So yeah, uh, there's a lot of new players on the team. Kind of re- that's probably refreshing a lot of people on names, just the yeah. new names on the team. <laughs> I probably just rattled some off, and you're like, "Oh yeah, we added that guy." I'm st- that's starting to ring a bell. Like I think Anthony Thomas is the one that's like, "Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I kind of forgot about that guy." <laughs> Hello, analytics. Right. <laughs> yes. By the uh, way, he also tweeted out pictures of like just the transformation. Uh, I'm. Tr- I think it's a Miami Igiola, baby. Yes. And him in the weight room and just the transformation. He slimmer, uh, a little bit bulkier, showing off the at like the before picture couldn't really see abs. You could start to see him form. Now he's got a solid six pack. Uh, so it's been really fun to follow along. And uh, K Stamen's basketball starts a week from today. Oh my god! Did, if you can believe that. Did you see the cowboy boots? Yes, I did. The Yes. Um, the Willy boots, the big Willy boots. Yeah, it's so it's got like the power cat on them. And I forget, I forgot what exactly. It's like an award, mm-hmm. basically. But I'm not, I can't remember. You might have to do the research here, Troy. But I can't remember exactly. Well, maybe I can look it up here real quick. Because I am on Twitter. And Jerome Tang actually tweeted it out. I can actually find it here real quick. So it's the Big Willy Boots Award. Um, and this award, this is according to Jerome Tang on Twitter, this award represents the state of Kansas and who we are, tough, gritty, and blue collar. So I guess maybe like if it's a weekly thing or something that the boots are going to go to a certain player that exemplifies tough, gritty, and blue collar, the I hardest like worker. I like that, dude. And uh, Yeehaw Country Outfitters there on uh, points, hooking them up with some bo- They're sweet. I mean, I'm not a cowboy boots guy. Um, but you know they're not too shabby. I tell you, when Frank got a hold of those custom-made boots, I thought that was the coolest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> that was so rad. 
to see a guy like Frank rock in the K-State boots. That was cool. Welcome to the game, Mitch Fortner. Troy Coverdale on the board today. And uh, David G is here in the second studio with me. Uh, coming up in hour two, we're going to hear from Mason Voth from Ema Online, who made the trip down to Fort Worth, Texas. Coach Kleiman in press conference highlights as well, including injury updates here in just a moment. Also in this first hour, my top ten list of the week. And uh, since we didn't hear from a quarterback today, I've been making it like a Tuesday thing where we hear from the quarterback of the Cats, Adrian Martinez. But this time we're going to go with Deuce Vaughn, who kind of took over the uh, conf- uh, press conference with the star player role and um, we're going to hear from him at about 4.40. Number one song of the day and Ask Us Anything. I want to remind those as well that coming up on Thursday, it is the K-State Baseball Annual ALS Game. So all the players will be in uniform. Uh, when I, I'm sorry, not in uniform, but in costume. And that's going to start at 6.30 Thursday at uh, Toyton Family Stadium, which, by the way, the baseball team did uh, kind of influence me on my subject uh, this week for my top ten. Nice! So I'm in, uh, looking forward to that here at uh, at 425, coming up here in just a few moments. But first, uh, let's hear from Coach Kleiman. Earlier today at the Veneer Football Complex, his weekly press conference, as you can imagine, there were there was a lot of discussion about the status of this guy or that guy and, uh, you know, Anybody ruled out for the season? Is everybody good to go at some point the rest of the way? Well, here's Coach Kleiman. Guys are hurt, but it's not worst-case scenario. I don't think we lost anybody for the season. In fact, I'm positive we didn't lose anybody for the season, but there's a handful of guys that left the game early enough that I don't know if they'll be ready for this game or not. There's some other guys that were hopeful that uh, I'll talk to the trainers and the trainers will talk to the doctors. It's not just something where, yeah, we'll rub a little dirt on it and let them go and be ready to play. Um, they've got to be effective when they're ready to play. And, and so time's going to tell this week. We're, we're going to ha- not have some answers legitimately probably till uh, Thursday on a few guys. I mean, you have Adrian Martinez, Will Howard, who got banged up filling in for Adrian, but he came back into the game. Ben Sinnott was hurt and didn't come back in. Deuce Vaughn is banged up. Daniel Green left in the first quarter. He did not return. Julius Brents left in the second half. He did not return. Josh Hayes, I I think he was out for a while. He was like in and out throughout the game. And he is right now questionable for Saturday. It was a lot of injuries that added up against TCU. And now it's kind of a, well, we're figuring it out right now. And for us fans and even us in the media – I mean, we're not going to know until Saturday. Basically, everybody I just listed pretty much, and we'll get to more status um, quotes here from Coach Kleiman, but heading into Saturday, it's it's questionable for just about everybody, including the status on Adrian Martinez. He didn't do anything yesterday. I don't know if he'll be available. I, I, I don't. Um, you know, last week we tempered some things with him in practice, and uh, he felt pretty good. Uh, as the game got started, he couldn't go, and that's the bottom line. And that's Adrian, the medical people, and, and our trainers, and luckily we had Will Howard that could come in and play. That's played football for us. And, and so I hope Adrian's available. I don't know if he'll be available. And after that, though, the status of Will Howard? He will be able to play. Yeah, Will Will got banged up, as we know, and he came back into the game. So his was something that um, the trainers were able to address. And uh, if Adrian doesn't go, then Will will play. And we assumed Will Howard was going to be fine. 
It looked like he hurt his left arm or his left shoulder when he was tackled on it in the third quarter, and he didn't come back in for a couple of series. And then there was a shot. I think that was the only storyline that Fox and that broadcast team did a good job of when it comes to covering what was going on in the game with all of K-State's injuries was the quarterback position because Adrian left early. And they caught that Adrian was talking to the offensive line that he's probably not going to be able to play. Um, and then Tim Brando made some comment that he probably shouldn't have again uh, when it comes to K-State and the information they were gathering. I don't know the whole story about that, but uh, it, apparently it wasn't cool. Um, and then Will Howard was shown having his um, shoulder pads adjusted or something, and he was going to come back into the game. And I, I want to hear from you guys. I, I talked about it in length with uh with Wyatt Thompson yesterday but um before Will came in against TCU how were you feeling about him before that and how are you feeling about Will Howard after you saw him play against TCU Troy you want to take it first I would say, and granted, uh, I will admit to not watching the full breadth of the game because of I because of what I was doing on Saturday evening. I was in and out of the broadcast. But he was at uh, a big party. Um, I if you want to call it that, <laughs> I, Dr. Trace might call it that, and some others. <laughs> oh might. yeah, you're at the. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, I was at the marching festival. Yeah. So yeah, I right. was doing PA, and so I was you know dealing with scripted materials and then would look up take a look um so i didn't get the full breadth of it i will say what i saw he looked in control he looked confident and those were a couple things that at times we've questioned uh at the confidence part specifically with will howard uh and he did not look like that he was afraid to make any throw that needed to be made, and uh, the one down the seam to Cade Warner comes to mind that he connected on, and and Warner went up and got. Oh, the underthrown ball that Warner had to make a crazy play to mm-hmm. to uh, get Casey on the board for the first time. But again, Howard didn't make any, uh, you know, show any sign of not wanting to throw that or hitching or or you know. At, at times, I think he gets in gets to thinking a little too much uh and we wind up with turnovers in in his case and i did not see of it what i didn't see at least that part of it when i caught glimpses of him playing so of course to start off it's like like peyton manning you know just zip zip and it was heat check time he throw he threw that deep one to Cade Warner as a heat check. He's like, I'm a fire. Let's see if this works. And it did. And then the momentum shifted on the cats entire program. And there wasn't one person on that sideline that wasn't a little rattled. And I think Will Howard got caught up in that. And I think the coaches and the play calling got caught up in that. And I'll be honest, I, I don't I I don't like doing this, but I I really post like in the second half I I thought the play calling was a little bit of all over the place and a little bit of um overthinking they didn't want to get caught at doing one thing and then of course with TCU and their ability to score fast you you want to keep them guessing on defense try to score it was a little too much and all over the place then he gets hurt 
Then Rubley comes in and throws a pick. And it just like, boom, boom, boom. Couldn't uh, catch a break. Could not catch a break. Couldn't catch your breath. And there was nobody there going, hey, chill out. Chill out. The chips are on. We are, we are so down. We're down bad. Everybody take a deep breath and do what you do. Do your job. Let's get it done. It, we felt it, we we got fr- we got frazzled and it just that attrition took its toll. Really took its toll. And I from think a mental standpoint, they yeah. just everybody kind of knew they were on a thin string there, and it bur- it broke, and everybody freaked out a little bit. I don't blame them. On the road, big game, nighttime, you lose a bunch of people. Every other play, there was somebody on the ground or walking to the sideline. It was brutal. Um, I think Will Howard, um, it's immediate how how much of uh, – he's made improvements from last season. It's apparent. It is. it is. He's a whole new kid. Uh, we did revert a little bit back to old Will Howard. I think coming into this game a full week of practice with ones, I think he'll be back, right back where he was at. I really, I, I think he'll he'll be fine. I liked what I saw that first. I mean, when he came in, it was on. It was he was he was on, but I think he got caught up a little bit. And your quarterback can't get caught up in stuff. He's got to not worry. It'll just be cool. Well, who was it? We were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Like, okay, now they're get a full practice week with the ones. They're going to be just fine after coming into a game. DJ Giddens was it? No, I, I can't remember who in the. I can't. I'm blanking now. Who in the world were you even talking about? But I, I remember having that conversation. But anyway, I mean, I, I kind of feel like a part of my question was ignored there by oh, both sorry. of you. But well, it was basically the thought I wanted wanted to attack here is has your Basically, do you feel a lot better about Will Howard now after he threw for three touchdowns against TCU? Like heading into this Oklahoma State game, do you understand what I'm saying? I do. Like, are you confident now a lot more in Will uh, Howard? Because Coach brought it up that you know there he's he's caught a lot of criticism the last couple mm-hmm. of years. This is now three years in a row, but the previous two years. The offense just didn't have what it had previously with Skylar Thompson as the quarterback. The interesting part about that is I remember very well the Nevada game last year where in the first half, or at least the first 17 minutes, it did with Will Howard at quarterback. Then it tapered off. Well, for some reason, under this regime, we just stink in the third quarter. There's that matter is, as well. It is a sad consistency that just, it for some reason, takes a while for adjustments in the second half to come to fruition. It, third quarters have not been great. If we could take that fire from the Missouri game <laughs> coming out after the lightning delay and do that at the end of the first half and, and coming out for the third quarter, we'd be in great shape. I, I don't think, no. I don't feel, no. You don't feel different? No. I, I mean, like, different as in... Is in he, confidence in Will Howard, now that he might be the starting quarterback against Oklahoma State. We don't know, but, I mean, no. if you had a, if I had to make a guess, I, I would guess it's going to be Will I, Howard. I, I want Will Howard to do... I want him to succeed so badly. I think he's a great kid, and I think he's a... He looks the part, but when you go from one... When you go from on fire to cold as ice so, fa- so, so fast and furious as he did Saturday... 
I find it hard to be like, the guy's different. I, I don't know if that was exactly Will Howard's fault, though. I, I just think we got away from what was working. Momentum was killed for sure. I, I think when, and I brought this up to Wyatt, where it was in the second half, and it was our last possession before taking a knee before the half. It was right before uh, TCU scored to go out, or go uh, for K-State to lead 2017 at the half. Of it just you know, kind of going QB run or th- just through to the sideline for that screen and wasn't attacking downfield. And then it got conservative, maybe just trying to get to the locker room type of play calling. And then they score that touchdown. They get the ball back to TCU and they score a touchdown again and just momentum just evaporated. You felt like you really you felt like at halftime if you if you were paying attention to who was on the field and knew about the injuries, because again, Fox did a terrible job of covering that. But if you're on social media, you knew that things were going to be different in the second half. You just knew that odds are stacked against you. Right. This is going to be so tough now to overcome. Yet K-State was still down for most of that second half, a possession. Or at the most, 10 points. Right. And it was the, it, little things starting to add up where the defense couldn't get off the field on third down. And you know, Will Howard gets hurt and Jake Ribley has to come in for two possessions and nothing is done. <sighs> no, absolutely nothing is done on it offensively. Everything, when it comes to breaks, all the breaks were going to TCU. And that's kind of been TCU's luck this they, year where yeah. they've been catching breaks yeah. in big games. It's one of those um, just a really – Blessed season for them. That I mean, when you're when the ball rolls your way every single time, every game it seems like for them, uh, you got to get run with it. And they did. They they noticed the momentum change. And you're right. We were within a, a possession or ten points almost the entire second half. Right, like at least early. And I I hear what you're saying. I I, I have this problem that I do lean on the quarterback of of the team that I root for more than I probably should. Um, and that, and then you also take into account all those injuries. That, that's I, we were talking about off the air. I don't know how many teams in this country you could say losing your your for your number one and number two quarterback, number three comes in and you're like, we're fine. We just keep rolling, just keep going. I think you can do that on one hand. How many teams in college football can do that? I mean, that's insane. And to think of all, like all the list of guys that you did. That you listed, that's your top 10 for football players for this first half of the season. Yeah, we didn't even talk about defensively. <laughs> and Daniel Green and Julius Brintz, which I'll, I'll play the clip real quick of Coach talking about them and potentially their status. I would say it's a better chance of Julius right now. And I know Deuce is getting some other things done today, but I I won't probably know until late to, late this afternoon what they find out. Yeah, it seemed like the mo- more significant injuries – for the de- it was happening for the defense. I mean, Daniel Green only feels like the one that's truly like doubtful for Saturday. That's just the the vibe that we're getting. And you know, Ju- it's great to hear about Julius Prince because Oklahoma State is definitely a much better passing offense than running offense. And if you ask me, this one just kind of drives me crazy because I'd love to have Josh Hayes for a game like this. Certainly Julius Prince, but you're also missing your quarterback of the defense in Daniel Green. But you're playing a team in Oklahoma State that is great throwing the football and not so great at running the football. That I mean, if I had it my way where there's a def- or there's an offense that's good at one thing and not so great at the other – it's Oklahoma State and what how they operate because I'm hoping that coverage stacks. Like, K-State has been so successful in coverage stacks this year. And if we've also seen running backs in the Big 12 kind of outpower our tacklers. 
And we saw that with Kendry Miller and TCU turn what should have been a three-yard gain or two-yard gain into six or seven. Man, I mean, that dude over and over yeah. and over. And Oklahoma State might be without their starting uh, running back uh, this Saturday, so we'll see. But uh, let's take a timeout. When we come back, my top ten list of the week is after the break. Can you hear me? There we go. Man, <laughs> it is a rough start for Troy. Yeah. What was that noise? Me being frustrated at something. I, you know what? It's one of those <laughs> and deals. the mic not shutting off when I hit the dang button. I, you know, it's one He's of those not. deals where I, I'm, I'm fried. I couldn't. I, I would do. I'd do so poorly that I can't make fun of you, dude. Keep it rocking, baby. <laughs> Just giving you a hard time. Yeah, yeah. You're doing it. I know. Doesn't usually run the show. Yeah. Well, yeah. and yeah, <laughs> the four hours of sleep isn't cutting it either. Ouch. What time did you get to bed? Uh, I got to bed probably about 10 o'clock, but then it took a while to fall asleep. Hmm. He was too fired up from winning that first place KAB for, I, for Sportscast. Complete I, think, I think I was more fired up about actually talking with some of the folks that we don't normally get chances to talk to or folks that I haven't talked to in person oh. in a long time. There was some of that going on last evening. 537-1350 is our number. I, I don't even know if I even answered my own question in the last segment about Will Howard. Do it. Uh, am I more confident? Yes, I am. Absolutely. Um, he threw the football like we hadn't seen from him before, and also he threw the football like we haven't seen this year. I thought that second quarter was better than anything Adrian Martinez has done throwing the football this year. For Just sure. complete honesty. He has more zip. I think he had been. He had been. I mean, accuracy. I, I think no, no doubt about it. Adrian's thrown some fantastic footballs. He's missed a couple, and so did uh, uh, Will. You know, he missed a couple as well. But you know, one was certainly made up for by uh, Cade Warner, and then I suppose that last pass on the post route to Cade on that last drive, which should have been a touchdown, but just missed him a little bit. Uh, but the momentum that was created through the pass hadn't seen that like we had had seen we seen on Saturday with Will Howard throwing it. That and he's also a strong runner, so he that's, is. There's my confidence. That was the other thing that kind of bothered me about when he came back in the game. We didn't we couldn't get anything started with him on the ground, and I wonder if the shoulder was the thing. He was like just, you know, um, but even everything, Will, the play calling, his teammates, we. They were one step in front of TCU. TCU couldn't handle what they were throwing at them, and it was beautiful to watch. I told Wyatt, if K-State's healthy, K-State's the better team. Yeah. I think that's obvious. They know that. I was convinced that K-State, yes, they did spot him a touchdown. Adrian was not 100% on that first drive, and he left the game. Um, I I think even with Will Howard, K-State's a better team. For sure. For sure. I was convinced. But uh, unfortunately, just could not catch a break for a whole second half, and that was very frustrating. Mm. And it was hard to watch. It, it was, really was. That and was it, tough. And I couldn't. You, you can't blame anything for K State. I think with that, it just it was. It is what it is. Uh, move on to Oklahoma State. All right. So a little bit of a different route with this week's top ten list. Halloween is Monday, and K State women's basketball will have an exhibition. Uh, on Halloween at 6.30. It's Fort Hayes State, right? Correct. Troy? Mm-hmm. Um, 
the K-State baseball team released a video today, and I've seen the videos on social media of like, and I've seen it with sport, with teams, Major League Baseball, whatever, of like they're walking to the field and there's a camera set up and maybe there's like a question posted next to the camera and it's just an it's a it's a montage of them just answering the fun question and K State baseball players were answering what's their favorite Halloween candy I want to flip it my top ten list is the worst Halloween candy yes. it is the candy I do not want put in my my pumpkin my jack o' lantern bucket <laughs> when I walk yeah. up to your to your stoop. Deal. And I think this is a this is also a category up Troy's alley. He can uh, make some comments here if I'm crazy or if I'm right on the money. So you guys ready to roll here? Number ten. Number ten. Worst Halloween candy. I don't want it. Flavored Tootsie Rolls. Oh. Not the chocolate ones. Like the flavored Tootsie Rolls. If you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like Vanilla. The, it, it's not what you expect. No, they're not necessarily Tootsie Rolls as you expect them because there's not caramel in them. They're just a fruit chew. Yeah, and to me, they're nothing special. Fruit chew. They, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. flavor just does not hit. No, I'd do weird. a Starburst over that any day of the week. Number nine. Now, this yeah. might be controversial, but Butterfingers. Wow. Too much peanut butter versus chocolate? Well, I just don't like... The texture, I don't like okay. mm-hmm. the 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 you know the chewed up candy bar sticking to the roof of your mouth, sticking to your teeth. It's the worst. It's one of the worst chews you can imagine. I think. I really wonder at DQ or some of the other places that do similar to Blizzards, just how gummed up their mixer gets with Butterfinger. Ooh, good question. I don't think it would at all. I thought, I th- yeah, the little like. I mean, it's not yeah, like oh. when they pour the ice cream out of the soft serve, it has the Butterfinger in it. It gets mixed in later right. on. Right, that's what I'm saying, though. But if you're having to chop that up, Ooh. it's like any other topping. Mm. I don't think they have any issue. Well, hey, hit us up, Dairy Queen. They're, they're professionals. They're the pros. Well, I think they know yeah. how to use a mixer. Number eight. Number eight for worst Halloween candy, gum. <laughs> Somebody butts on some some double I, bubble. Yo, what the hell is your problem, man? Are you serious? Hey, okay, listen. You went to double bubble. Now, now you're talking, right? <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, now you're at the uh, low end of. You oh, gave us what for Halloween? Give me a break. Oh, thank you. It'll help me get <laughs> well, the butterfinger out no, of my teeth. Here's the deal. Somebody <laughs> in Morganville, bubble. they have since passed away, but actually used to hand out strips of gum. Oh, strips of gum. Uh, yikes. What was it? Uh, it was usually either Big Red or the, uh, uh, oh gosh, the fruit one. Juicy fruit? Juicy fruit, thank yeah. you. Well, what? at least they went Wrigley's for you. Well, how old are they? 206 years older, old? folks. Good yeah. God. Speaking of older. Number seven. Number yeah. seven is Whoppers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <sighs> talk, talk about another weird one, like a weird <laughs> texture, weird chew, weird crunch. <laughs> another one that doesn't have enough chocolate. Uh, shell on the outside versus the interior the outside it does look delicious mm-hmm. it looks like you know it's a good it's a good time once you bite into it, it's always a disappointment i i'm and a, talk about it older old candy i like malted milk i do i like malted milk balls but you cannot have that thin layer of chocolate that whoppers do nowadays hey when, when they go bad you know when they oh. go bad they go oh. bad okay yeah those go bad Oof. yes all right, it's my top 10 list of worst Halloween candies. I do not want it. 
in my bucket, and neither the kids don't want it. No, the kids keep this hate in it. mind. Now, this one though might be a little bit controversial here. It's number six. Number six. Number six is almond joy. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> Screw that. See, I don't think almonds belong in candy. Well, okay. Now I don't have a problem with the almond. I have a problem with co- the coconut. I am. Is there coconut and almond joy? Is- I thought that was mounds. No, mounds or, don't have nuts. Uh, Mount- Joy has nuts. Mounds don't. Because right. Oh, duh, 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 oh duh. it's basically the same thing. I gotcha. Yeah. Yep, that's it. Those two can just kick rocks, man. Gross. I, actually, I did not. I thought that was actually two separate candy bars this whole time. It, How about that? They they are, but they're not. Well, spoiler alert, I do have mounds uh, later in my uh, <laughs> later in my countdown. But uh, Number five. Number five is the Dumb Dumb Suckers. <laughs> yeah. So those are the real small ones that have, you know, the, the 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 imaging on the wrapping, it looks like it's from the 1930s. Yeah. And they have the weird flavors. There's also like the mystery flavor. I mean, I'm cool with like taking one out of the bucket if it, I'm at, if I'm cashing a check. <laughs> a little treat. I'm at the bank, you know. Yeah. Bank suckers hanging out. Sure, I'll take one. Look it up. When I get red, cool. I don't need a you know three or four put in my bag when I could get something much better. Plus, if you're gonna go suckers, you got to go Tootsie Roll Pops. Am I right? Yeah, come Chupa on. Chupa Chups. Hmm. Eh, yeah. Yeah. Eh, eh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. Number four is one of my least favorite of all time. Uh, Bit of honey. Oh, Am I saying yeah. that right? Oh, wow. God. Yeah. <sighs> that, another one that was a staple for a certain house <sighs> in Morganville. I think it's also like the cheap route yeah. to go. Like if you're late to yeah. buying candy <laughs> and you see a bag of that crap laying around and it's three bucks, you're like, oh, yeah, this will get me by this year. Why don't you cut a couple shards off a two by four and hand it to me? You know what I mean? And that's like Bitto Honey and Milk Duds and Dum Dums and, and the Tootsie Roll Pops. They come in a bag. Because when you look and you go, oh, my God, $17 for a bag of candy? No way. And you could go, oh, look, there's a $6 bag. That's what that is. Has anybody ever done the math? Um, so you, those big bags of, like, the fun size candy, candy bars, Starburst, and all that. Has anybody ever figured out, like, is that actually a good deal? No. Or is it a bad deal? It's all bad deals. The whole thing is all a bad deal. It's a horrible. I will say this. The prices do go up every year. Every year it goes up. Mm. But it's well, you're bad. To, you got to wait the day after, right? Isn't that the trick? Yeah, and then I forget, and then you roll up, and there's like two things left. Bit of honey being one of them. Uh, yeah, it's of a it's a bad deal, but that's why you're buying it for Halloween. Mm. You're not giving away big time money this way. Mm. Mm. I mean, I think that's a scumbag way of going about it, I guess. Like, I, I want to have the good candy. Me too. I don't, I don't want mean... to be that one house that gets the reputation of, oh, that house gives out crappy candy. Don't yes. go there. Like like your boys that gave out the, the gum. You don't want to be yeah. those guys. I, my wife, I really cheese off my wife because I'm like, I want to get the good candy, and then I eat it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing. You're going to eat some of the candy. Yeah. It might as well be good stuff. If you If you're a health nut... And you're going to buy candy and don't want to be tempted by eating it. That's when you buy the bit of honey. For sure. And oh you just boy. buy trash and hand that out. But, yes. you know. Oh, boy. I think, it, you know, handing out the good candy is a good rep. It's That's a good the look. best rep. Yeah. It's the best look. 
All right, where are we at? All right. Number three. It's my list of the worst Halloween candy. I don't want it. Uh, this is kind of a, you know, bending the rules a little bit, but I also put in there at number three treats that are not candy or edible. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been handed pencils, mm. erasers, stickers, but also, you know what? I don't want your popcorn balls. No. No. Mm. That's a lot of work for people that don't want it. Yeah. And your hands have been on it. <laughs> Your grubby little hands have been in there. I I could pop I could pop a bag of popcorn. I could get a I could get a six pack for two bucks. Pop a bag and enjoy that way more than the heart and soul you put into that popcorn ball. Absolutely. And if I ever want a popcorn ball, I'll just smack myself in the head and remind myself that I don't, nobody wants that. Come on, man. Number two. This is where mounds come into play because Ugh. I hate coconut. Blech. Blech. Mounds are gross. Um, I'd rather have a pencil. I'd rather somebody hand me a pencil or a toothbrush. Yeah. I had a guy who was a dentist on my block, and I was like, oh, great. And he'd give you floss and, and, a, th- and a toothbrush. I'd rather have that. But Mounds is that one candy bar where you do buy the good candy. Yeah. The big bag of good candy. And that, it just happens to be in there. They throw that in there. Junk in And there. just my luck. When the person Ugh. that has the good candy reaches in that bucket, grabs a handful and throws it in, I of course, you know, two of the, the three the bars is mounds, and I get a ma- two mounds and a Kit Kat. And they go, so that's good, that's the good stuff. And you go, and that ain't the good stuff, man. Mounds ain't the good stuff. But finally, I'm sure I number won't one. get any argument with number one, the worst Halloween candy is candy corn. Ooh. It is the worst Overrated, most overrated. I think is fair. I mean, if it's if you're looking for the sugar high, it is. It's there, but I I don't understand the love for candy corn. So, I don't think that there is any love for candy there corn. Is. There is. There are people that love it. I, like they'll have a whole bowl. <laughs> they'll sit it out a whole bowl of candy corn, like that. That like it's a potluck. <laughs> And you go, oh, great, the orange, white, and brown ones even. Those are horrible, too. People, it's either pineapple on pizza or no pineapple on pizza, candy corn or no candy corn. It's one of those that will just, it is right down the middle. I am someone, I am not into candy corn. And if you hand me a little baggie of candy corns, I go, I'm going to come back over here to this house tonight. Yeah, I remember growing up. People we knew go over to their house. They love candy corn, especially oh. Halloween season. They have plenty for everybody. Help yourself. And you're like, no. I remember just as a little kid, even back then, I was like, I love candy. And I never stopped. I've never stopped loving candy. Sure. But I was like, this, is, this isn't my thing. Dude, it's not for me. Morganville, they were really coming. This was not Morganville. Oh, okay, okay. No. I was going to say, they were coming down on you hard for candy. Like. Oh, the, I mean, there are some good houses. So... There was a house in Morganville. I realized this. That was my first learning experience that not everybody does Halloween. Oh yeah. And I remember oh, yeah. going to a house and they're like, "Oh, but don't go anywhere." Like I got like twenty five cents in an apple. One time I was you're like, like, "Hey, I didn't know what to think." Yeah, honestly, you're like, "Ah, uh, sounds good." I guess. Thank I you. mean, uh, I, it was it was dark. And I'm like, you know what? Let's just wrap it up. I'm kind of <laughs> running out of prime time to go get more candy. I'm ready to roll, son. L- listen, you didn't get any click tracks. That's a good start. <laughs> click tracks yes the biblical comics guy's oh, name was click. My God. i i have i at t- yes, that, yes that is that is uh, that's happened a few times yeah and then you go 
Oh, is there any candy involved in it? I'll take your literature. Thank you. Do you have anything that's not Almond Joy or Mound related? By the way, I'm also anti-trunk or treat. Okay, so we're already giving these kids candy, but now we're limiting the distance they have to walk to go get this candy. Oh, great point. Wow. Isn't the idea to make them walk so that the calories go off? Yeah, Before at least they eat, have them earn it with a little bit of exercise. Dude, I didn't even think about that. I was going to be, oh, come on. That's a great point. You have to earn it. I had to walk uphill both ways. I think there's a tradition of, there, there, I think there is a strong tradition in this country, and I think it shouldn't go away, of you walk up the door and they have the screen door closed, but the, the big door's open. You see them sitting, watching Wheel of Fortune. You knock on the door. They get up, and to the right, they pick up a bucket of candy as they walk to the door. You see them walk up, open the door. You yell, trick or treat. Yes. And we're going away from that. We are. With trunk or treat. We are. I don't like it because it's like, hey, I expect my cats to get out once or twice. (laughs) I want you walking up the the thing. Listen, I, I moved the leaves. I pushed the leaves from one part to another part of my yard so that you could come up here. I want to see your Marios. I want to see your Luigi's. <laughs> I want to see them costumes. And I want to see some weird kid go, uh, and not say a word. And their parent go, what do you say, Liam? Uh, I want to see that. But I also, I miss the gang of hooligans riding bikes through the neighborhood stealing candy. I missed that. Stealing too. candy? Yeah. That has never happened in my life. I, in the, I think we figured out who the hooligan riding his bike through the neighborhood was. Back in the day, baby. 15-year-old DG. Uh-huh. More like 11-year-old DG, but for sure. Steals your candy and then goes by a six, <laughs> goes to buy a six-pack because he can pull it off. <laughs> I can pull it off. <laughs> hey, hey uh, I'll trade I you some, some cigs. I'll trade you some bit-o-honeys for cigs. Get out of here. Get the hell out of here. I don't know I blew your cover. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We're here from Deuce Vaughn coming up next <laughs> on the game. I love, is my microphone on? There we go. <laughs> give me give me a little time here. <laughs> Trying to be organized and uh, I, I think that you know, K State there, you know, Kitty and uh, Ryan, uh they, they bring in Deuce just to see me smile. And uh, we're gonna hear from Deuce Vaughn right now since we didn't have a quarterback today. Here's Deuce Vaughn with the media earlier today. How are you feeling? Feeling good. Uh, another opportunity this week to play a really good football team at home. It feels like we've been at home in a while. So uh, we're excited for the opportunity, excited for the challenge. And uh, it's all about taking care of business throughout the week. I feel like you guys had some missed opportunities from Saturday offensively. Absolutely. Uh, just going back and watching some film, there were definitely some things we could have done better. And uh, we understand that. And, uh, man, in hindsight, you look back and you're like, man, we could have done this, we could have done that. To uh, put ourselves in the best situation to possibly go and win the football game. But, uh, man, all we can do now is take those things, spin them, and understand that, man, we got to get better from here on out. What were some of the positives that you had to draw from that game? Well, Howard, uh, the fact that he came in uh, in a, man, a stressful time playing against a uh, top 10 team at uh, their stadium, him to come in there and fire away like he did, as it was no surprise to us just from the, the fact that the work that he put in throughout the offseason these past two years all came to fruition. And, man, we're going to ride behind him anytime he has to get under center. And both you and DJ get didn't get in, got some balls out of the backfield. How was that going, yes, going for you? Uh, man, I, first and foremost, DJ's ball skills out of the backfield are big time, and uh, that's just a, a compliment to the type of football player that he is. And since he stepped foot on this campus, and uh, man, I'm excited for his future. Uh, Going to have some some more kind of uh, two back things with him back there, so I'm excited for that. This is your fifth conference game. Is this the best the Big 12 has been in your career? I think so. Just from the the fact of 
everybody competes. I felt I saw something that uh, there were a lot of games that have been decided by single digits, whether that be a team coming back from from down 17 or uh, just a, a 60 minute fight uh, in some of the games. And to see, man, the Big 12 is wide open just from the fact that there are a whole bunch of good teams. And every single week that you kind of step up to the, the batter's box is another good one, you know, another good one. And you have to be on your P's and Q's all all the time. It's been a long time since Kansas State has beaten the Oklahoma State. Why in your mind do you think they're a tough matchup? We're really, really well coached. First and foremost, speaking about their defense, every single time that I've played Oklahoma State these past two years, uh, really well coached. Uh, really good football players, pretty big as well, I'm not going to lie to you, which uh, helps a little bit on their their side of the football. But just understanding that, man, a lot of the things that are going to dictate this game this week are going to be the th how we take care of our business on the football field. We're going to have to execute a little bit better than we did last week. We're going to have to take everything up a notch because this is a really good football team. Do you see her under the top five in the rushing all-time charts? Is that some, something anybody's pointed out to you? Uh, yeah, my, my parents actually pointed out to me uh, this past weekend after the game. and uh, Just surreal, 100% uh, surreal. The fact that I never thought I'd be in this position coming into Kansas State. Man, I just wanted to carve out a role and to, to be able to be in this position right now is unbelievable. And I just understand that I, I don't get here without a lot of people behind me. Coach talked about kind of limiting your carries a little bit, still battling some injuries. I mean, do you feel like you're starting to get back to as fresh as you have been throughout earlier this season? Yes, sir. Uh, just every single week, it's going to be a battle every single time you step on the football field. But taking care of your business throughout the week, Monday through Friday, to get yourself in the best situation possible to go and be fresh on Saturdays is what I'm working on right now. Uh, man, uh, you play a violent sport that every single week you're you're getting contacted by some of the biggest guys in the world, and um, so it's on me to be able to make sure my body's ready to go every single Saturday, and uh, I'm trying to do that every single day. Was the four straight TDs you guys scored kind of a glimpse at the potential of this offense? I think so. Uh, I feel like it was one of those things where uh, the execution, if you go back and watch those four series, uh, the execution from our offense was really, really good. And uh, whenever we can execute like that and uh, play really fast, not thinking as an offense, I feel like we can be a really, really good offense. And uh, just find that consistency is going to be something that we will have to work on. When you look back at film, how how good was, was Will Howard before he got hurt? And he was really good, really, really good. You see uh, just the, the opportunities he gave other players to make plays. It's something that, man, anytime you have a quarterback that's going to go out there and say, I got one-on-one -on -one backside Malik, uh, Cade Warner against this quarterback. I like I like Cade better than him. And to put the ball where it needs to be to let him go and make a play is big time. And then, of course, uh, you got Malik Knowles running a post behind and putting the ball right over a linebacker right into his hands to get us down to the one. Uh, him throwing the ball to Sammy Wheeler. He's just giving his, his teammates opportunities to make plays. For him to go out there and do that, the clip that he did was big time. Deuce, you're the fastest in Big 12 history to 2,500 rushing yards and 1,000 receiving yards. Just how mind-blowing is that to you? Unbelievably mind-blowing. Mind -blowing. Uh, it's – I can't even put it into words, The how, how I feel about it. Uh, it's it's something that, of course, I'm super proud of myself for understanding that I don't get to this position without a lot of people that uh, are doing a lot of things behind the scenes to get me to this point. A lot of thanks to a lot of people that, man, put me in this position to go out here and play the game that I love every single weekend at a Power 5 school when, man, it didn't look like I was going to have the opportunity. And to, to be able to be etched in, a, in a, I guess, a, a record book for our conference is, is, uh, is pretty cool. Yeah. What's the mentality of this team this week? Oh, man, eat crumbs. Back to, back to work. 
uh, everything that we still want is out in front of us, and we understand that uh, the same way that we've gotten to this point, uh, being a really good football team up to this point in, in time, is going to be the same way that we have to attack these last five games. Uh, making sure our preparation, the way that we handle our business throughout the week, is is the best, and even up a notch in a sense because we're playing a really good football team this week. We're playing some really good football teams for the rest of the time out. You guys got to see uh, three pretty good road environments at night, Oklahoma, Iowa State, DC. Yes, sir. Which one was the, the most electric to you? I think the Oklahoma game was pretty electric. They had a lot going on as far as the, the lights uh, flickering on and off and the fireworks. And uh, TCU's was probably the most rambunctious, I would say. I mean, it was, it was crazy. Their student section was wild. That was Deuce Vaughn from uh, earlier today. The humble Deuce Vaughn. Hashtag my boy who finally scored. Yeah. Scored for the first time since the Missouri game. He continues to climb the leaderboards in stats all time in K-State football history. Hour two of the game is coming up here in just a moment. We're going to kick it off with Mason Voth from EMA Online. Your local news is next.